All right, man. This is a cool little topic that you got that you bring it up today. Uh, <laughs> I just had an opinion of how readily accessible everything is, as we were talking about. I mean, pretty much anything you want to get, whether it's a narcotic, whether it's steroids, whether it's deviant sexual shit. <laughs> I mean, it is <laughs> like right now we, we've hooked everybody in the first 10 seconds of the show. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, hold up. Right, somebody tell going? me more. <laughs> fact, I won't be surprised if there's one-stop shopping soon for all of this stuff. You go there to get your narcotics, go get your steroids, and then go get some ass too while you're there. Pretty facet of you. you know? Yeah. Choose a door, you know, <laughs> It's just a wild world we live in now. And in the hormone optimization world, one thing I've noticed is that I have a lot more people coming to me who are either on TRT, and I'm talking about young guys. I'm not talking about people in their 50s. I'm talking about guys in their 20s, early 30s that are either on TRT, that are considering TRT, and they're looking at whether what I offer is a substitute for all of that. So a lot of times it's no longer a guy in his 20s or early 30s that's starting his hormone optimization path with me, trying my T-booster, my estrogen control product. Now it's someone that's been on anabolics or has access to it and is trying to decide what path to go down. And then I talked to one of these online clinics recently. A friend of mine is working with them and I was curious to go through their process. So I, I signed up for the questionnaire. I talked to a nurse practitioner. I sent some blood work and the blood work I sent was not extensive. It was just testosterone free in total it was estradiol prolactin luteinizing hormone it was just hormone stuff it wasn't liver markers red blood cell counts kidney markers just basically a barometer of how healthy you are and i talked to this doctor for probably 10 minutes and he recommended 200 milligrams of trt testosterone shots and astrazol which is a really potent estrogen blocker i mean it can lower your it's an aromatase inhibitor so it can lower your estrogen severely and that that causes a lot of issues now estrogen is not something you want to get as low as possible this is very antiquated thinking this is how doctors were when i first started this process it was always yeah the goal is to get testosterone as high as possible and get estrogen as low as possible I, i distinctly remember different physicians telling me that but that was 20 years ago people should be more knowledgeable now but many are not they they still have that old guard mentality and some of it is they just want to make everyone a potential client as well. Exactly. So he recommended you know, an estrogen blocker, an aromatase inhibitor called anostrozole, which is very potent. It's not something you want to play around with. Like Dr. Gordon's been on our show, and he says he never uses that with patients. He said if he has a patient who's converting too much testosterone to estrogen, he just lowers the TRT dosage, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Maybe your dosage is too high. Maybe your body fat's too high. So let's lower your TRT dosage. Let's get some body fat off of you. And this will go away. And the reason why Dr. Gordon doesn't use anastrozole is because he thinks the side effects are way too severe to even bother playing with. Now, Dr. Gordon has used my estrogen control product, EC, with some of his TRT patients, and they got fantastic results. Cut their estrogens in half, no negative side effects. EC is actually pro-liver health. It doesn't have any negative effects on your liver. It actually will improve health markers, glucose disposable, glucose disposal, and it will block that excess conversion of testosterone and estrogen without having a negative impact on growth hormone, kidney markers, liver enzymes, all the things that you want to keep as healthy as possible. And then, and then this doctor also recommended a fucking steroid called Anavar. 
at 35 milligrams seven days a week. Now, I'm not an expert in steroids by any means, but even I know that's a pretty aggressive dosage. So 200 milligrams of TRT once a week, and Nastrozole adds 0.25 milligrams a couple times a week, which doesn't sound like a high dosage, and it's not that high of a dosage, but it's still, based on my estradiol levels, which were 28, anyone who knows anything about estrogen, you want to be between 20 and 30. So I'm right in the range. So why would I want to take anything to lower that? especially hmm. aggressively. And then also, why am I, why do I need TRT when my total testosterone is at 700 freeze over hundred? Now these are not off the scale numbers, but they're healthy numbers. Right. So what, what is trying to improve those numbers when naturally it's already pretty good. <laughs> no, nah, Mike, those are amateur numbers. Yeah. Get those numbers up player. <laughs> no, no, no a, a, reasonable, a reasonable approach would have been like something like Dr. Gordon recommends. Dr. Gordon may look at those numbers and he'll ask you a bunch of questions about how you're feeling and if you're not feeling your best, he'll say, okay, let's try adding maybe 40 milligrams of TRT in a microdose dish. You're using an insulin syringe, maybe 15 milligrams three times a week with an insulin syringe. So you don't have to jam it in your muscle. You don't have to take a big needle and shove it in your ass cheek. <laughs> now you can just pinch a little bit of stomach fat. It's just like the way you would take peptides. And what that'll do is let's say you're taking Clomid or my T booster, and then you add a low dose of TRT, that is additive it's not subtractive so you're just getting a bump so maybe you go from 700 total to let's say 800 900 still within a very healthy range and that and you may feel a lot better so that that to me is a very reasonable approach to use trt and dr gordon always has people on clomid and trt because the clomid prevents natural shutdown the clomid will give you a nice boost and then the trt is additive on top of that if needed if people are getting all the results they need with clomid you don't even bother adding TRT. Maybe they're, maybe Clomid takes their testosterone from 200, a low number, to let's say 550, which is way better, but it's still not optimal for most men. And now he'll throw in a small dosage of TRT to get it into the 700s, 800s, and beyond based on, again, symptoms, sex drive, mood, motivation, things like that that are important questions to ask. But if you're going to put someone on a very aggressive dosage, as this person recommended, you really want to know what liver enzymes look like, red blood cell count, kidney markers. Didn't look at any of that. So it's, it, this is how accessible things are. I didn't even have to ask. I didn't even have to say, hey, doctor, what do you think about Anovar? You know, I'm thinking about trying that for this reason. That was his hey. recommendation. Yeah. Now, you know, people are talking about things being accessible that you bring it up, Clomid. You know, what about that? Like, you know, where can people get that? You know, does it necessarily have to be prescribed by a doctor? I mean, you, technically, you're, if you want to get it in America, you have to get it prescribed by a doctor. Now, there's a lot of online places that sell in clomiphene, which is basically clomiphene, clomid is, can, is consistent of two isomers. One's called in clomiphene. The other one's called zooclomiphene. Now, all the benefits for increasing testosterone are from in clomiphene. Zooclomiphene is actually an estrogen agonist, which means it might have estrogen type effects. Now, 50 milligrams of Clomid is about 38 milligrams of Inclomiphene, and then the rest is Zooclomiphene. I've used Clomid on and off for many years. I never had any negative effects with it, not on my enzyme profile, not on my mood, none of that. But other people have, and it could be because of this estrogen agonist effect of one of the isomers. So what some places do now is they isolate Inclomiphene only, so you're not getting that Zooclomiphene at all. This allows a much lower dosage because now you're taking maybe... 20 milligrams, five days a week of inclomiphene. And there's places that I see popping up on Instagram all the time that prescribe this. 
So my guess is it's a pretty easy enrollment process. You probably just answer a couple of questions such as my sex drive is low. I'm having a hard time building muscle in the gym. Basically all the signs of low testosterone. My mood is not there. My motivation's off. And you'll probably get a prescription pretty fast, right? So yeah. that's that's a, that's a route to go to to make sure that you're actually getting it from a pharmacy. Now you can also get any you can get most medications offshore. I've gotten Clomid from different places overseas, which sounds sketchy as fuck. But in general, <laughs> uh, 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 allegedly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throw that disclaimer. Well, it's, actually, in. <laughs> it's actually not illegal to get medications for personal yeah. use, right? And also, I have a prescription as well. Like I have. But my my uh, Dr. Garcia was my primary physician when he he retired recently, but he was my primary pr- physician. So I did have a prescription from him. So if, if if on the off chance that customs decided to open up this package, which is highly unlikely, because look, they're not looking for people buying Clomid. You know, they're not, they're not <laughs> looking for people getting Viagra or Cialis from some offshore company. They don't care about that. <laughs> Those drug sniffing dogs smelling blue chew and they're like, hey, my dog's <laughs> nose, my dog's nose getting kind of long. What's in that package? <laughs> that that kind of stuff has always been accessible. But I mean, if you want to make sure you're getting Clomid, then you would go the traditional route. You would go to a doctor, get a prescription. But you don't even have to do that anymore. You don't have to go to your local doctor in your town. You can go to one of these online places. And it, and it is coming from a pharmacy, so it is legit on that front. And it's it's fast. So everything that you want is accessible now is where I'm going. Psychedelics, things like psilocybin that I've tried, you can buy that. Even though it's technically not legal to sell it, there are companies that are selling it. And I've used some of those products and they're legit. All right. And there's <laughs> there's there's Delta 8 THC, which now Delta that one Delta 9, right now, these are these have a different categorization because it's not synthetic the way regular weed at a dispensary would be so you can actually buy this in every just about every state this is legal to buy you buy it online and it's legal to have it shipped it's legal yeah, to, so, have it shipped to you the, i and mean the place where the, the place i get is right there you get at a dispensary hey let me tell you the place like like we were just talking about um there's a place that's out close to you and you um you get it like right away same with the delta eight there's this out of they're right outside of like Dallas or something like that. So it comes right away, like almost like the next day here. And yeah. let me tell you, man, I don't smoke weed, but I tell you what, some of those Delta eight gummies, I'm pretty sure are right up there with it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, and, no, no, they, no. And, they, and they have this new, they have this new and improved formula that they just had. And they had like this little special a couple of months back. And so I ended up getting that, you know, especially for my wife. And yeah, she was like, Oh, she's like, okay, what did they put in this new formula? She was Dude, she was zooted big time. I was like, oh, damn. Okay. I always, <laughs> so, I always break. Like, I get that. The Frosty's the company I use. My friend Chris Becker has been on the show. He's mm-hmm. He works with that company. So it's it's, just, it's the highest quality gummy I've ever come across. Chris is really a stickler for that. No, no crappy ingredients. Also, the gummy is you can cut it in fourths like you're cutting a slice of cake. Some of these gummies yeah. you get from the dispensary, they're so, it's like trying to cut a piece of rubber. I mean, they're so <laughs> thick. It's it's hard to break it up into forts. Well, with Chris is it's one big gummy, but but I cut it into forts, and I just take one fourth whenever I want to because that gives me a nice little marijuana high that where you're totally functional. It's basically a microdose is where I'm going. Yeah, but yeah. if I if I took the entire square, forget it. I, I probably wouldn't even want to leave the house. <laughs> That's when you get so high. Like one time I was so high, I was like I told you this. I was walking the dogs in my neighborhood, and I was like, man, and I, I think I'm lost. You know where am I going? I don't I don't. I don't <laughs> This street looks unfamiliar. You know? 
start getting all paranoid. And then, and then you're like, well, how could I be lost in my own neighborhood? It's gated. I haven't left yet. I haven't left the neighborhood yet. All I got to do is keep walking around the back of my house. <laughs> <laughs> but this this stomach was so strong that it was they should call it Alzheimer in a bottle because this is like you want to know what Alzheimer is like and I'm not making fun of Alzheimer but I'm, I'm just saying this is what it felt like it felt like that things that are normal tasks all of a sudden felt really difficult like you just yeah. felt yeah and that that's a scary feeling to have it's not a fun feeling to feel that way right. at all so it's and psychedelics are like that too. If you take psilocybin in a small dosage, it's great. It gives you mental focus. You're in a good mood. If you take too much, it's like an LSD trip at that point. You're hallucinating yeah. and you're, it's definitely not safe to drive. It's not safe to function. You may not want to leave. You probably don't want to leave your house. Probably should stay home. <laughs> and that's not that fun. But sometimes people take things to an extreme and they have a bad experience and they're like, okay, fuck that shit. I don't want to deal with that. When the reality is, is that if they took a much lower dosage, they would have had a really good experience. So I, I like Dr. Going back to Dr. Gordon, I like his philosophy of let's start with the lowest dosage possible. That's probably going to give you the benefits you want and then scale up from there. So right. using TRC as an example, again, he'll start someone on 40 milligrams a week. After a week or two, they don't feel any difference. Okay, let's go to 50 milligrams a week. And he goes up in 10 milligram intervals until they get to this point where the person goes, hey, I feel great now. And once they find it, they go, great, let's dial it in right there. That's a very progressive and intelligent approach and safe approach to doing this kind of thing, which is what you want. But my attitude is, is that if you, if you, whatever you want to do, you should be able to do. Now, I'm not saying it's, it's okay to go kill people or hurt animals but, or rape people, but I'm saying if you, whatever drug you want to use, that's your business. It's none of my business. I don't think you should even have to go to a doctor to get steroids. If you want to play around with steroids, that's your decision. Now, some will say it's like, well, people should know the consequences. Like, well, that you're an adult. That's your job to define, to decide what the consequences are. Right. That you have to do. It's like the, the reality is, is that should you do research? Yeah, but do a lot of people do research? Hell no. No. Yeah, <laughs> and that's their decision. That's their that's their prerogative. Like Bobby Brown said, someone else that's familiar with um, scheduled <laughs> drugs. <laughs> but, but hey, he's still here. He's still kicking. I'm friends so with Bobby. this guy at the gym who's in his early 20s. I've known him since he was a teenager. He's naturally really strong, really cool guy, too. I like him a lot. But I remember when he was, when he first started lifting weights, he was probably. 18, 19, he was deadlifting 500 pounds within months. And he's just naturally really strong. Yeah. And he started using a really high dosage of TRT recently. And so you can imagine how strong he is now. His strength is off the charts. I mean, he's crazy strong. He does leg presses with, he, he basically grabs every 45 pound plate in the gym. <laughs> he's that <laughs> guy. Right he's that guy. <laughs> he got 26 plates, 13 plates on each side, and he's doing full range. He's not doing these one inch reps that you see these dipshits <laughs> on Instagram. But this guy is strong as fuck. But he told me about his TRT protocol. And I said, well, look, man, get some blood work done and send it over to me and I'll give you my feedback. I'll tell you what I think. And his testosterone was so high that the lab couldn't even keep up with the level. It was above 1,500. So it just had one of those markers saying higher than 1,500. But we don't know how much higher. <laughs> right. Is it 1,505? So, Is it 5,000? Is it 2,000? So basically, he, basically, he's a mutant. He's a young guy. So it, interestingly enough, most of his health markers were not negatively affected. But it's only a matter of time until they are. 
So what I told him, I was like, look, man, this do- you're you're using way too big of a dosage. If you're going to keep going down this route, you know, cut that dosage in half minimum. You're still going to be strong as fuck. You're still going to feel great. You're still going to get the benefits. But my honest assessment was at your age, I wouldn't even be bothering with this you know, because you're strong as fuck naturally. You're not competing in anything. You're not in, you're not comp- you're not a competitive bodybuilder. You're not a competitive powerlifter. Now, look, it's your right. It's your prerogative. You're an adult. If you just want to take shit to do it, that's your business. Now, I'm just giving you my opinion as a friend would be I would get off it completely, frankly, at this point, save it for later if you actually need it. See how because you're young, you're only in your early 20s. You're gonna you can get really strong without using anything. This guy knows how to train, he knows how to eat, he's doing everything right. Sometimes it's just tempting though to throw something on the mix because it's fuel to the fire. Now the whole thing that your campfire goes from it's being a it goes from a campfire to being a forest fire, you know, <laughs> the TRT you're throwing in the mix. And so I get it. It's fun to feel strong as fuck every time you walk in the gym and be strong as a silverback gorilla. I get the appeal and all that, but everything comes with a cost. And sometimes when you're in your 20s, you don't think about the cost, but it's the future self. It's you in your 40s that has to pay the, the, the consequences of that bill. Now you're paying the cost of stuff you did in your 20s. And that's the kind of thing you want to be cognizant of. And when you're in your 20s, you're not thinking about that. And I know I certainly wasn't. Fortunately, I wasn't using anything like this. I never had access to it. It wasn't accessible. You know, the Man, way it is. Smart. I think that worked out to our benefit <laughs> to not have access to all the stuff back then. Man. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think, I'm, I'm glad I didn't grow up with smartphones and I didn't even grow up with the internet. The internet didn't kick in until I was in college. So I didn't Same. even grow up with it. Which is good. Well, it's probably good because it'd be, it'd be video servicing of shit we were doing like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's why when people are like, oh, these kids are so soft. No, they're all crying about online bullying. I was like, oh, shut up, man. You know how hard that would have been? I mean, it's like, I think about how hurtful that would have been when I was a kid to have to deal with bullying at school. And then you're going online and you got all these. And there's the shit again. And now, uh, you know, to, now it's not, even, it's, not even, it's not even the people you know now. Now you got all these strangers who don't even yeah, yeah, live exactly. in the same town with you chiming in. You know, at least I could, I can remember who the bullies were in my school, you know, and yeah. I can actually see them, you know, whereas now it's just like all these fuckers are anonymous. I think, I think in a lot of ways, it's really difficult to be a kid and a teenager right now because of all of this shit. Now, you can try to isolate yourself from it as much as possible, which is probably a good idea, but still, it's still there. You know, it's still out there. So it's, I I think it's laughable when people say, oh, man, these kids are so soft. Yeah, it's easy for you to say that. You didn't grow up with all this bullshit. But yeah, the accessibility of things is really interesting to me. And it it reminds me of that phase in Hinduism, the, the time of Kali Yuga, where basically the world becomes like a Twilight Zone world. And we're definitely in that because everything is accessible. Now nobody even can define what a man or a woman is anymore. Now that that's become some <laughs> ambiguous territory. So, well, you know, it have you, really? Hey, I, I gotta <laughs> ask. I gotta ask. Have you watched? Have you watched uh, Matt Walsh's movie? What is a woman? No, have you watched I that? Seen it yeah, but I but I, I love watching his clips where he talks to transgender people at colleges or wherever he goes yeah. around giving lectures. He's really good. Sad. It's crazy and it's funny all at the same time. <laughs> you know, so to the point where it's like, no, these folks really could not answer the question. <laughs> but at the same time, but 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 you can't call don't call them a woman, but you can't define what it is I shouldn't call you. So how do you know what I'm calling you is the wrong thing to call you? <laughs> it's like what what is happening? My friend, my friend Jarvis said he was at Costco or somewhere with his wife and he was checking out and there was a transgender woman that was 
ringing up the bell, but this is a very masculine looking transgender woman. And Jarvis said, yes, sir. Or, you know, to something that she oh had, his wife's all nudging him. Like, don't say that. You know, that's a woman. <laughs> He's like, how am I supposed to call her a woman when she's got a beard? <laughs> you know, she's got, she's got a beard and a wig oh, on it. Shit. <laughs> Interesting times. I can't even say it's confusing because it's really not. When you really get down to it, it's like, well, no, like what is the source? All of the shit is like, what's the source of a trauma? You know, it's not confusing these times. It's just like, it's just, yeah, just got to ask the right questions if you're even interested enough. Otherwise, like, you know what? Shit's crazy now, but shit's always been crazy since the beginning of time. Oh, you know, I'll tell you this. If you're someone who is like my friend, Anthony Roberts, who's been on the show, super knowledgeable yeah. steroids, right? He's written yeah. books about steroids. Now, if Anthony wanted to get whatever steroid he wanted to get, he would know how to use it in the safest manner possible. He knows what he's getting himself into. And he could get it legitimately now if he wanted to do that. He doesn't, right. he doesn't have to go to black market sources anymore. He could call up one of these fucking places and get whatever he wants in no time. Yeah. And it's not just steroids and TRT and things like that. It's Adderall, you know, just different medications that are pretty that's strong. Just, that's just wild. You just like, yeah, yeah. I, I well, need, just, give me, let me go online and get some Adderall. Like, what the yeah, hell yeah, exactly. is going on? Now, now, should you be able to get it if you want to? Absolutely. Get whatever you want. But I think a doctor's job is to tell you the pros and cons of this stuff. That's the whole point of going to a doctor. You know, a doctor See, is supposed to walk you through all the health consequences or the possible health consequences and show you how to use it in the safest manner. Otherwise, why bother? Which is so wild when you think about like 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, you know, I'm pretty sure you find the documentary on um, Netflix or whatever else. Yeah, you yeah. you had you had this website called Silk Road, you know, and people would go on there in the early days of crypto. You know, they would go on Silk Road, which is basically like the dark web, and they would go there to buy all this shit with crypto so they can remain anonymous. But now, you know, the shit's accessible and it's just all out in the open. So what really sucks about that is the fact that the guy who started Silk Road is serving like two life sentences and some other attachment to his sentence that's basically he's never getting out of, out of prison. And because m people made a choice to do all these things by, but they used it via his website. So, but they used him as a scapegoat and took him down and, and used him as the example or whatever. So when you right. see stuff like this, it's like, okay, you really, at this, this dude should be pardoned now at this point, because this stuff is pretty much all damn near legal. It really is legal in most cases, or it's just, not even it's not even frowned upon anymore so why is this man serving a sentence for this shit anymore it's almost like all the people who were in prison for selling weed all the time but now the shit is damn near legal in almost every state <laughs> and the government's like fucking making money off of it now in certain in, in loosely so the, whoever has a dispensary whatever you're paying taxes so basically it's legal now Okay, so all those people, their sentences should be commuted at this point, if that's the only thing that they did. But at the same time, you took people who took this victimless crime, you know, this nonviolent crime of selling weed, you know, and you put them in a violent situation for years. So here's the catch 22. So now these people, now they're violent people, most likely, because they've had to be in order to survive all this time. It's, it's such a crazy conundrum when you think about it, whereas all this can be avoided if you just take all these things off the fucking list. Let the people do as they want. If they're consenting adults and they want it and they're using it for themselves, so be it. I mean, you want to say that the planet is overpopulated. You, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You want to talk about that. There's too many people on this planet. It's overpopulated, right? <laughs> and you got, we got to do all this. We got to cut down on population and da, 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 da. But at the same time, 
you don't want people to have access to things where they can pretty much do the dirty work for you. <laughs> and if they're going to get addicted and overdose or whatever else, like, is this working? The same people that says overpopulation, is this what you want, <laughs> you know, for less people to be around? So why are you making up all these laws to pretty much criminalize these people to do things that they're doing for themselves? It's not like they're forcing other people to do that. If this is going to do something that's going to be detrimental to their health and their health is going to break down and they're going to, you know, pretty much harm themselves. It's not, it's not up to you to police them. They're adults. They made a choice. Let them deal with the consequences of it. So it kind of works out. You would think, yeah. you know, so I'm like, Hey, aren't they doing, doing your job? <laughs> it's like, come on. Well, I mean, whether a doctor gives me good advice or not is irrelevant to me because I'm going right. to give myself good advice. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> if I'm going to do TRT, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to follow the advice of someone like Dr. Gordon. I'm not, it doesn't really matter what the doctor prescribing it says. So I'm gonna be like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'll talk to Dr. Gordon about this once I once I get the <laughs> materials because I know who to go to and I know who, what the research and I know what to look for. So if I do this stuff on my own, I'm gonna check my blood pressure every week. I'm going right. to do the blood work every month or two months to make sure things are going good, to make sure my liver enzymes are in place. I'm gonna do all the things to to stay as healthy as possible. But that doesn't mean that that's why it's okay for me to go down this route. Someone else may just may someone else may do none of that. And they're just going to take stuff. And if they're an adult, that's their prerogative too. Yeah. And that's the world we live in now is that it's, a, it's like, we're not children where it's like, Oh, you can only do it. If you do it this way, it's like, no, I can do whatever I want. It's my body. It's my choice. It's my consequences. Yeah. If I want to take my life savings and go play roulette, is that a smart thing to do? Absolutely not. But it's still my right to do it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Being married to a black woman is not the safest thing to do, but <laughs> do you? Do you? <laughs> hey, and it can either work out really well or really bad. Really, exactly. Let's just say. Are happen. <laughs> let me let me just say this: if um, if it works out really poorly, if she starts cooking you, she's deciding to cook you grits in the morning it, <laughs> it's the, while playing Al Green in the background. Do your own research and you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> you'll know it, it was not the smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the problem with the gambler's mentality. You go, you focus on, I could double my, I could double whatever I, I know. Want. Yeah, you could, but you could also you, lose all of it. <laughs> exactly. The longer you longer you keep playing more, the game, the more, more you're going to lose. If you lose all of it, then to double it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, go bet a hundred bucks and see how, see how often you double it. See how that works? <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> You might have doubled it the first time, and then you keep going. You end up losing the whole thing, and yeah, then you're yeah. going. Stop! Stop calculating in your head. It's like I put in hundred, I got two hundred. So I put in two hundred, I'm gonna get four. Uh, but yeah, Maybe. but it is, it is your right to go do that. It's your money, right? You made the money. Exactly. You want to go fucking burn the whole thing at the casino? Hey. So people cash their paychecks at the casino, and they go right. Like to they the say, game. like people say, it's like you know, only gamble with what you're willing to lose, <laughs> and yeah. and you you're like, well, I wasn't willing to lose that. Yes, you were. Because I know where my limit is. Like, you know, I'm good now. I'm good. And my friend Jarvis lost 20 bucks one time in one of these machines, a poker machine or something. Yeah. And he was so pissed off at losing 20 bucks. <laughs> no, he never gambled. He never gambled again. That's it's all a tug, right? So he clearly doesn't have gambling tendencies. Yeah, he is. Like, yeah, fuck this shit. I lost 20 bucks. <laughs> his his wrist threshold is very, very poor. Yeah, when it comes to stuff like this. And that's good. That's good. Other yeah. people, they have, this is the Hey, man. Look, dude, Jarvis is a cop. He already he he already lives a, a risky life as it is. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's he's like, all right, yeah. enough, enough, damn it. You gotta you gotta draw the line somewhere. 
Harvest is all like, if I want high risk, I'll get three of my friends, three of my black friends and drive around seven hills. You know, that's the neighborhood. <laughs> See how long it takes for us to get pulled over. You know? <laughs> and drive by that one neighbor's house that was screaming all the, the, the N-word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Racist guy. Jar- Jarvis told me this guy's moving actually recently. He's really happy about that. Because even before I told him that story about that guy, he told me that. Yeah. He, he he said that guy's always driving really fast down the street, which pisses him off, which would piss me off too. I mean, it's a residential neighborhood. I mean, why are you driving right. at four miles per hour? People's kids are out. Someone's dog could run out. So why? I mean, you don't have to go at five miles an hour, but come on, why are you speeding down a residential street? That's a stupid right. fronts. And then Jarvis told me one time he was backing in his truck, and this guy got all flustered because he had to wait two seconds. He's all like, oh, oh, "Do oh it, God." I go, I guarantee you if Jarvis got out of his truck, he'd be like, hey, man, what's the problem? That guy would have just kept <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jarvis is not a confrontational. He's not a guy that's going to take a bunch of bullshit from someone, but he's not He's not going to escalate minor right. situations like that. So he already didn't like the guy because of that. And then when I told him the M-bomb story, obviously, that took that that took that took dislike <laughs> style all the way to the right. highest. <laughs> so he told me the other day, he's like, yeah, man, that guy's moving. It's like, I can't wait for that guy to be out of the neighborhood. I was like, yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, does this guy, this guy, this guy, this racist guy that we're talking about, does he have a right to yell out the N-word in his home at the top of his lungs? Like, yeah, sure. That's yeah. right. You whatever you want. Now, I have a right to think you're a fucking racist asshole if I hear you doing that and not be remotely polite to you if I see you, which is what I do. <laughs> That's yeah. my right. So aren't we both happy now? <laughs> hey, man, look, he's got his First Amendment right. He can say it outside his home. But again, <laughs> just know there might be times there's some cons- some serious consequences that come with that. Yeah. So, I-, I don't really care if someone's racist as long as they keep it to themselves. Now, once they don't, then I'm just like, fuck that person. No, <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> if you just kept it to yourself, I wouldn't know. We wouldn't have any problems. You know? But... <laughs> But you decided to make it public, so now I automatically dislike you. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend I didn't hear what I heard. It's like, okay, and I'm not know, gonna lie. I'm, 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 I'm just the opposite. If you're racist, I want to know, so I can, <laughs> so, so I can, so I know who I'm dealing with. You know, so I don't want somebody's acting all nice or whatever. Then behind closed doors, he's just a bla- just a screaming racist. But when he's around people, he's comfortable with. But then he gets around like, hey, what's up, brother? Da, 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 da. No, I want to know who you are. So therefore, I don't have to deal with you. you yeah. Know? No, I'm like, no, don't keep it a secret. Let me know. I don't care. <laughs> like, well, you'd be happy in Worcester, Ohio, where, where I went to college. <laughs> no one. Oh, I, I, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when it, when, when it gets to the point where they mistake you for a black guy and call you a yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that tells me everything I need to know. And I've been to Bellafontaine too. You have so. black hair. You're a black guy in that. <laughs> exactly. Town. One drop of black blood, dude. It's my hair. One drop of black dye. <laughs> <laughs> I walked to work one day and this guy, the rebel flag in his truck, three guys stuck their head out the window looking at me, yelling the N-word. And I turned around to see who they were talking to and there's no one else around. So I was like, man, they're talking to me. Oh, <laughs> they just yelled all that at me. I was like, damn, man. I'm laughing at the fact like, okay, you're in Ohio with a rebel flag. Like, obviously you didn't take a history class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you're kind of far from the Mason-Dixon there, bro. <laughs> Well, it's funny when and people in the South still talk about the Civil War. Like, yeah, you know. It's well, a, they do reenact. No, it's funny is they still do reenactments. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, can you imagine? Can you imagine just being? In, hold on, can you imagine it being in Germany and they're doing like World War II reenactments? Like, <laughs> like, like you do know you lost, right? 
it's it's over. <laughs> it's okay. The South will rise again. Uh, no. Have you have you seen the economy of most of these states that, that are all those Confederate states today? Y'all are not rising, bro. Your education levels, your economy, all that is it's not happening the way you think it's going to happen. Yeah, those people need to get some psilocybin now that it's readily available. It gets an introspection <laughs> on all their idiocy. <laughs> but it'll, it'll finally, it'll finally give you the self introspection you always needed <laughs> that, that you didn't know you needed. You realize, you know what? I'm a dumb motherfucker. Yep. It's like I, yep. Not, I, I always needed myself to tell me that. You know, other people have told me that all the time, and it just never sunk in. But now that I'm telling it myself. It's starting to I get it. Thing. Like I get it now. <laughs> it's like, hey, glad to see you found on the same page with the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> we we always knew you were a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, but the interesting thing about TRT being so readily accessible is that sometimes it, I remember when I first started selling my T booster, that was really enticing to people for multiple reasons. One, people like the idea of ramping up your own production. Two, it wasn't that easy to get medications such as Clomid or TRT, and two. And three, people were intimidated of those routes. So they're like, oh, let me get Mike's product. I can just go on his website. I can buy it. And he's very knowledgeable. He's ethical. He's not going to just sell me some bullshit. Now what you're dealing with is people that are trying to decide between your product and these medical, (laughs) because the medical routes are so easily accessible now. And some some people are impatient. They're going, nah, I'm just going to take this because if I give myself a shot or use testosterone cream or pellets, I know for sure it's going to raise my level super high. It's like, yeah, it will. But are you willing to incur the cost of that? Yeah. Are you willing to incur the cost of that? Now, at a certain age, sure, why not? Because natural methods are not going to be as effective for most, although age is not always a barometer. There's people in their 60s who take my T-booster and they have great results. But generally, it's more difficult, right? So TRT makes sense at a certain point. It generally does not make sense in your early 20s and 30s unless you have some kind of underlying medical condition. Maybe you've had serious brain trauma, like the people Dr. Gordon works with. Right. That's a possibility. And sometimes in, for people like that, it's the only thing that's going to get them feeling good. So go for it, man. You know, you don't want to be miserable for the rest of your life. Someone like Andrew Marr of Warrior Angels, you know, he, yeah. was, he was a former special forces guy that became suicidally depressed even though he never had depression in his life he became an alcoholic he couldn't function at all and he was basically on the verge of losing everything he was going to lose his wife he wasn't going to be around for his kids he got one trt shot and he felt immediately better that's how depleted his what he was he was basically at zero testosterone before this so he felt immediately better and what's interesting though is he used trt for a while and then dr gordon dialed back his TRT, got him on Clomid, and that actually got him the same results. Even though, So even though a guy with who's experienced head trauma, generally the line of thinking is you're not going to be able to rejuvenate your own production, but sometimes that's not the case because doctor, he started with TRT, but he actually gravitated off TRT, got good results with other mediums, some of Dr. Gordon's nutraceutical products that help improve that lower brain inflammation, improve your brain health. And I believe the last time I spoke to him, I don't think he was even using TRT anymore, or he was using it interspersed. He would use it for a while and then cycle off and use something like Clomid. And I think he was on Clomid all the time, whether he was on or off. So so there's so many sophisticated protocols now, but I bring this up because that TRT shot was a lifesaver for him. You know, he needed something to raise his testosterone immediately. Otherwise his life was on the line. That's how severe his situation was. Damn. Most people are probably not in that category, but there are people 
that are and that have no hope. And this can make such a huge difference. So this kind of stuff should be more readily accessible for people because it, it can literally save lives in certain cases. And now let's talk about OnlyFans. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I thought you got. I, I thought you got dropped for me. I'm like, okay. Maybe, no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe we should be giving this information out. <laughs> it's like, like, they're like, hey, hey, shut them down now. <laughs> and that now, now it's not only are drugs and anabolics, psychedelics, whatever you want to get into, not not only is that readily available. Now you can make serious income from the comfort of your own home. That's just, <laughs> like, you can make serious readily available too. You can make serious income by. Showing your serious outcome. <laughs> Do with that as you may. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm hesitant to even bring up this outcome, but this is a literal outcome that some women can make. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I was going with this. Quick, man, you know, it's called a it's called a segue, bro. I'm trying to lead you in. Okay, <laughs> I, I know where you were going. I'm trying to I'm trying to help you out. Look, look bro. When I, hey, this is how it works, Mike. When I lob the ball, you grab it and you slam dunk the motherfucker, okay? And you shatter the glass. <laughs> Out of the this, damn glass. <laughs> this reminds me of the bleached asshole story. The first time <laughs> you, like, I threw up the ball and then you slam dunked it. It's like we had yeah. a <laughs> We didn't even talk about it beforehand. <laughs> it's Look it's here, like man. you knew automatically where to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Kobe. You're Shaq. I threw it up, big man. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> So now, now, like, there's no excuse for any women to be broke because you can literally make money off your bowel movements. Okay, that's where the story. Is going. All right, <laughs> there are guys. Okay, okay that- hold up, hold up. Okay, maybe I just passed you the ball. I don't know if I, I don't know if I lobbed the ball. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> See, I told you, man. I told you. <laughs> okay, it's, it's a simple. It was a it was a no look pass. Okay, and I really mean that. It's a no look pass. I was not looking for that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but this is not the outcome that you actually expected. Yeah. Stuff that you thought was worthless that you just flushed down the toilet without thinking about it is now highly monetizable. I mean, that's the world we live in now. Oh, no. <laughs> that shit ain't worthless, bro. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> Look, I mean, we, there's a former UFC fighter, Paige Van Zant, who makes more money than she's ever made in her life basically doing pornography on her OnlyFans page. Yeah. I don't know if she's doing anything with bowel movements, and I don't want to know. You know? <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the upper tiers that you could pay for. You know? Hey, man, let, let me tell if you. One if, if, barrel, if one of them no, There's no limit now. Look here, man. If if any one of if a certain one of our former friends, you know, is a member <laughs> of her website, I'm pretty sure she's making requests for that bowel movement, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, some of these stories are so disgusting. You don't even want to tell it to anyone because you actually have to say it. You actually have to repeat. <laughs> but then you just get like, you know what? If I'm going to be traumatized and have to know this story, I'm going to make sure somebody else gets to. Yeah, yeah. You need to share that trauma. This is, It's too much for one person. You can't, hold, you can't hold that in. <laughs> yeah, there, there's only so much weight you can bear walking around. You know, that's this is, this is, this is how people you share just so your friends can carry the burden with Look, you. Look, man, this is how people end up being bald. When you hold stuff like this in, you got to let this shit out, man. Let your hair grow <laughs> because it's stressful trying to hold stuff like this in. That's how you lose your hair. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime you walk around, you see a bald dude who has like a full beard. He's holding some shit in. His hair doesn't even know where to grow anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the real reason why people lose their hair. It's finally been discovered. Yeah. 
Yeah. But if you have, if you're living a fake life where you're not in sync with who you want to be, it's really stressful to your body. And what happens is hair starts falling off your head. Yeah. It starts, starts dissipating. Look, look, man, if you ever, if you ever want to be bald, you don't have to shave. Just be a people pleaser. That'll do well, it I mean, you. Yeah. Well, the reason why people <laughs> men still have hair on the sides of their head, but not the top is because that head has been isometrically inserted in one too many acids. <laughs> <laughs> it just, all that hair on the top just got smothered <laughs> off your head. Literally. The hair on the side needs to stay in place. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously they haven't gone deep enough with all the shit. <laughs> oh my god, how do we get here? Oh yeah, you were talking about OnlyFans and, and poop. <laughs> well, look, I mean, if you want to have someone take a dump on you, that's that's an option now. It's it's readily accessible. There's people uh, we, that are. Uh, Okay, I'm laughing at the fact you said that's an option now. That fetish has been around. Okay. No, no, but I mean, it's readily available. available. Like now, now it's almost acceptable. Okay. Whereas before it was like, it was taboo, but now it's like, oh, that's just another fetish. Like, it's going to get to the point where something being taboo is going to be called, just using the word taboo is going to be taboo pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, nothing's taboo. It's going to be one of those things where people look back history like, what was this taboo thing that they talked about 100 years ago? Like, oh, this was taboo back then? Huh. I'm about but, to go do that right now. It comes back to, I mean, people are so desensitized to multiple fronts. Like, like, yeah. using, like using junk food as an example, right? As an analogy. So if someone is, if someone consumes a ton of sugar over many years, you become really desensitized to that sugar to the point where it doesn't even really taste sweet to you. So now you got to no. go over yeah, the bump top. it up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got to have cake with ice cream on top of it with maple syrup poured on it just to get that kind of effect. And you try to transition someone from that to eating, let's say a bowl of berries. The berries taste like chalk <laughs> to that person, even though it would taste sweet to me and probably taste sweet to you too. You know, really good <laughs> fruits taste sweet to me. That almost, a lot of times that's what I have for dessert. A lot of times yeah. I have, these, and then I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, you know what, after I eat these berries, I'm going to have some pumpkin pie or I'm going to have this. I don't even want it after it because I, I got the sweet tooth fixed just from something natural. That's how sensitized I am to sugar. Now, some people are so desensitized. They have to keep going. They have to keep doing these over the top experiences with food. That's how it is in other facets of life as well where now people are so desensitized to just so many different things. You got people that have been working out for a couple of years and now they want to take steroids because they're not willing to, all you got to do is keep training and keep training and get your diet dialed in. You're going to get to where you want to go naturally. You don't have to take anything really. Now we're not talking about people that want to go to the most elite levels, which is not the average gym goer, but now it's just going, nah, you know, I don't, I don't want to just work out when I can, I can take something and speed up this well, whole process. Even though I don't want to sit there, I don't want to spend all the time trying to put thought into a program when I can just stick this long ass needle in my ass or have my yeah. homeboy do it for me. Hey man, put this in my ass. Okay, first of all, that's one sentence you probably should say to your homeboy. Okay, because he probably might end up not being your homeboy anymore after that. Hey, wait a minute, that's not your needle. <laughs> oh, it's so, a needle. <laughs> Organic needle, unfortunately, not what you expected. It's like 10 cc's, <laughs> 10 cm's. <laughs> but it's like when you, when you do things, it's like building a business. Where, I mean, imagine if there was something that was the equivalent of steroids for building a business. Now, there's marketers, there's slick marketers who try to convince you. I was you. about to say, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, but none of that works, right? It takes time to build a solid brand. It just does. Now, there's some people just have a strike of lightning. Things just work out in a way. 
a lot of times those businesses don't last though because they don't know how they got there in the first place. So they don't know right. how to replicate it. They, they didn't learn all the facets of the ins and out of the industry. They just got lucky. And then when or the timing out, was just right. It's just like you, at that, at that moment, it was just a market for that. But you know, what happens right. when just like, like what happened in 2020, so many businesses that came up during COVID, the early days of COVID, but now, you know, a lot of those companies or whatever else that were big then, I mean, look at Peloton. They, they've been trying their best to try to figure out ways to reinvent themselves right. In a post-COVID world, once people got back outside, they were over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It reminds me of back when I did network marketing and I was, I, I got suckered into to Herbalife bullshit. And I can, yeah. and, and then there's this one strategy I used that worked really well to sell the product was putting up signs. So I would yeah. put signs on telephone poles, put them on stakes and just put them on the side of the road in heavily trafficked areas. And this worked really well. But here's the problem with network marketing. You're not the only one doing it. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of other people doing it. And and you and that, it wasn't just you, but there's also people like me yeah, yeah. that worked it. in the music industry. We're putting up our signs for music, you know, for artists or whatever else. So then that pole, that telephone pole on the side of that building is just full of fucking signs and posters. And, the, the and people are not paying attention to it. You're gonna get fined, the county's gonna get pissed. Yep. Stop putting these fucking signs on, on telephone poles and stop signs and everywhere else. That's gonna happen, especially when hundreds of other people realize oh wow that's working now everyone else starts copying you and exactly. then the whole thing closed. now it doesn't work anymore for a variety of reasons similar to kettlebells when i got into kettlebells in 2002 it was the market was very it wasn't desensitized to it because no one knew about it so people were like right. okay this is different people would see you swinging a kettlebell at the park and it was like wow what's this no i've exactly. never seen like this before I saw two people swinging kettlebells at the park where I walked the dogs the other day, and I was laughing. I mean, I wasn't laughing at them. That like, like their form was so bad. Their form was fine. Just, just to see how far, yeah, how, like how commercial, yeah, how conventional it is now. That because that's so normal now. No one's going to yeah. walk by and be like, oh, what are they doing? They'll be like, oh, yeah, kettlebells, whether they've used it or not. Seeing right. someone do a kettlebell swing, you see that in movies, TV shows. Yep. You see people doing that all the time now. But guess what? It's no longer a lucrative opportunity. Like it was early on, because early on it was, what is this? How do I find out about it? And there weren't a lot of options to learn about it. So if you're right. one of those options, you can, it's it's your market to take. And if you're willing yeah. to do what I did, just travel and teach courses and fly to Arizona to train five people in a park, you know, barely make any money, but you're, that's how you build it. You know, that's how you build the business. So by the time the market started catching up, you know, I had 20, 30 courses in the bank. Because I have way more experience than most people out there. So people are like, hey, who, who should I go to to learn this? Oh, cool. He's doing a workshop in my town next month. I'm going to go check that out. So for a good 10 years, it was very marketable. It was very lucrative. And then it got to a point where it started slowly becoming less marketable, less lucrative. And, so, and I saw where it was going. And at that point, I was always, already transitioning into the hormone optimization stuff, the supplement line. So I was one foot out the door. Anyway, it was easy to just get both feet out the door for me. But for other people that never pivoted or that's the only thing they developed. And while it was good, they're going, okay, they just assumed it would always be like this. And nothing is always going to be like that. Things go up and down. And that's just the way yeah. it is. So they, so people that were doing okay as kettlebell instructors ended up becoming Uber drivers or something else because they didn't, they, they didn't increase <laughs> their value to the marketplace by, by becoming experts and other things and also they didn't see the signs of the marketplace changing that's the real important point you know some some even transition to becoming preachers oh <laughs> like what the hell <laughs> okay 
There's well, a 180. Know, the Nobel world was very cultish. So that's oh, not even. Yeah, yeah, it's not too far fetched when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not. When you look yeah, at, you're... especially Drag Thor with Pavel, Pavel was like a cult leader. John Duquesne was like Emperor Palpatine behind the scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had a bunch, and then you had a few people that were the inner circle that benefited. I was one of those people early on before I left. And then the masses are just fighting for crumbs, right? Everyone yeah. else. So everyone else is trying to pivot into that inner circle position to right. try to bend the way people like me and Steve Cotter, Steve Maxwell, Jeff Martone, Nate Morrison did. But the problem is, is that by the time they pivot into it, it wasn't really that useful anymore. Because when you look at the original team of Pavel's elite circle that all left, all of us went on to do our own things. We all just did fine. But the people that replaced us, none of those people went on to do anything. They either stayed there, they're either still there, or they've just gone off into obscurity. You know, they have not gone or, on to do anything. On or they, they, or when it when it split up, they went the with the other organization. You know, so yeah, yeah. which is pretty much the same thing. It was basically it two, two things of the same. Were basically the same, exactly. But now, now it's very diluted, and no one is going to make a great income as a kettlebell only instructor. This is no. not going to happen. If you have a kettlebell only gym, that's going to be dead in the water in no time. It's just this. It can't be the only offering anymore. I mean, and, honestly, if you, it, honestly, it's getting to the point where if you just have just a, just a gym, it's dead in the water. You got to do a little bit more at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. You got to have something that separates you from everything else, something more sophisticated. And maybe you have a recovery center there that has red light therapy and a cryo sauna, and you, you got a chiropractor on site to do active release technique therapy, you know, stuff like that. Exactly. I'm not even Those... sure if that would work too. It's just I'm just throwing out ideas, but yeah, it, yeah but... It's, just, it's just a much different landscape now. And there's so many options; it's easy for the whole thing to get really diluted. Yeah, I, I just really can't even see anyone now. It's like you know what? I want to open up. I want to open up a gym. Like really? <laughs> Is that what you want to do? I mean, what else are you gonna do with it? A no, I, gym, that's so difficult now. It's just, yeah. Because look, you can go get a membership at a major chain for ten bucks a month for a lot of yeah, places. Exactly. Yeah. And those chains now are not like how they used to be. Those chains have like like the twenty four hour fitness that, that I have a membership that has everything. It has it has yeah. the free it has the free weights there, it's got plates, it's got power Sled. racks. I got power racks, I got sleds, yeah. I got I have I even have like heavy bags over there to do Muay Thai yeah. and everything. Like they have everything, dude. I mean, they got the sauna, they got a pool, heated pool, you know, so just like they and they, they have they have Olympic, I mean, they got kettlebells there, like real kettlebells, you know. So even though I'm right. probably usually I'm the only one touching those, everybody's looking like, oh, those those are too big. You know, it's the same way as that little one you're holding right there, right? It's just <laughs> shit. You know, so they got competition kettlebells now in 24 right, hour fitness. Right. So that's cool because the pro grade, yeah. a lot of gyms have really shitty ass kettlebells. I don't yep. know. Sometimes, sometimes I'll play, I'll go to play around with some at the end of my workout. I was like, man, these kettlebells feel like shit. My, my wrist is looking, my I've wrist is looking at me. If I want to work out with kettlebells, I've got the best ones in my garage. Exactly. <laughs> so why bother? So yeah, yeah exactly. Now a lot of gyms have reverse hypers, they've got Nordic curl devices, you know, pretty much everything that you could possibly want at a very nominal cost. So that's where it makes it really difficult to to, to compete with that. It's not, nothing is impossible, but it, it just depends on it's gonna, it's gonna how much a little extra care. effort. <laughs> yeah, how much do you care about this? I think that's why it's always really important to constantly be pursuing new interests because you never know where that's going to take you. Right. You know, like I didn't get into hormone optimization no. because I, I, I didn't think it was. I didn't, I didn't get into it because I thought it would be bankable at some point. I just got into it because I found the whole thing fascinating. I was like, wow. 
This is really interesting. What a difference this would make in performance. It's like, yeah, sure. People were talking about testosterone and growth hormone, but they were talking about basically how to take drugs to increase testosterone and growth hormone. Talking about sophisticated protocols of modifying your training, modifying your nutrition, optimizing restoration, making sure micronutrients are in play, and then taking different botanicals that can augment your own production, improve different biomarkers. So that that was an that was a whole open arena. And I remember as I learned stuff, I started incorporating it into my seminars where I would say, let's take a break. I'm going to talk about some of the stuff I've been getting into recently for 30 minutes while you guys eat lunch. And then after 30 minutes are up, people wanted to keep talking about that. So it was almost like they forgot they were at a kettlebell seminar. Like people would be raising their hands going, you know, where do I find out more about this? And this sounds interesting. All those symptoms you described, that's me. You know, so people like their antennas just went way up and it became more and more like that. Like that's what people wanted to hear from me. Now this was, I didn't do it because people wanted to hear it from me. I did it because I was really interested in it and I still am. But I, I think it's a good idea to always pursue things. It's always good to be interested in stuff and pursue those interests, not with the intention of necessarily thinking, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm going to make money off this someday. Just pursue right. it because you find it interesting. You're really good at that. I mean, look at all the careers mm-hmm. you've had. You've, you're mm-hmm. a DJ. You're in the music business. You're a kettlebell instructor. You're a fitness guy, firearm instructor. Now you're really mm-hmm. into the investing and all that. These are all yeah. things that you have a genuine interest in. That's how it started. Yeah. Wasn't thinking, wasn't like, well, okay, this is what's going to make me money now. <laughs> right. And a lot of times they, 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 they just made enough to be comfortable at best. <laughs> All those things, except, you know, I said they have their peaks, but I'm also one of those people. I can see it. I can see the forest for the trees. I can oh, see ahead of time. Like, okay, the downturn is coming really soon. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not going to sit there and like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm attached to this. I'm married to it. I'm not going out. I'm no punk. I'm no quitter. I'm not quitting. I'm just I'm just getting out before it really it gets bad. Because yeah. if you're paying attention, you'll see the signs when there's a slowdown. It's like okay, I you see what this what is. Interesting is that, you know, I I think we both have these inner barometers where we we lose interest in things after a while and we naturally pivot before things change. Right? Exactly. I, I was one foot out of the kettlebell world, even at the even though I was doing really well on it, just because it was becoming less and less interesting to me as the years yeah. were going on. So I, so I was already into the hormone optimization stuff more and working on supplements and all of that years before I decided to just discontinue the kettlebell stuff completely. <laughs> Not as if the kettlebell stuff stopped working and then I go, okay, what am I going to do now? And then I spend a year or two yeah. developing the X plan. It, it was already happening because I, I forget about the marketplace. I was losing interest. It I was going to really- say, look, man, when it gets to the point where I got to pump myself up to go do it, that's a problem. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you exactly. Know, you know, whereas with this, it's like there are times where we're, we're, even when we're doing this podcast, you know, I'm still kind of wondering, like I said, man, I'm hoping that, um, this option that I have, I, I wonder what it's doing. I said, I was like, I got about an hour into the podcast before the market closes, you know? So, so I'm trying not to even look over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about that. That's why I swing trade on, on, on two, you know, on days that we're recording. So I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have right. to worry about like, Oh, I need to see if I can get out of it. I don't even have to worry about that at that point. But again, I'm so into it. And I'm so interested in it. I'm, it's still at the top of my mind, when, even when something else is on my mind. Right. And then I'll, so what do I do? I find somebody talk about it during our show. 
<laughs> somehow I find a way to just incorporate something about investing into what we're talking about. Even yeah. if it's just about just investing in yourself and compounding the interest of you just getting into something and doing a little bit of it every day. And then how that just builds up just like compound interest. So even the terminology finds a way into our everyday conversation, you know, because it's just, I'm into it, you know? Yeah. And that, that's key right there is that, you, you know, you're, when you're genuinely interested in something like that, I think for people like us, that's the way we're built too. It's like we have yeah. to be genuinely interested in things to pursue it. Yeah. And some people are not built that way. Some people they, they're they're not really genuinely interested in anything. You know, if they're honest no, with them, they're just they're just here. <laughs> and those are the people that can uh, look. I'm not denigrating working at the post office. I'm just saying that I wouldn't want. Oh to yeah, do that. those are those are good. Those those a lot of times those people make good employees. I mean, yeah, those yeah, people yeah. just kind of like they're not going to get too ambitious. And demand a, a, a crazy, you know, wage or whatever. They'll be just like, you know what? I, I, I got a job, man. You know, a lot of people can't even say that these days. So right. I'm just blessed to do that. No, and I'm not going to rock the boat. I bring up that example because some people are built where they can grind 20, 30 years of a job that they have no interest or passion in whatsoever. They can just do it. They're yeah. built for that. I'm not built like that for that. You know, that's not something I'm built for. I couldn't I couldn't do a job for a couple of years that I hate. Not even a year would probably yeah. I would just I would get really depressed and get fired because my performance would go down. It's like well, I'm getting fired is a good thing because it pushes me in the right direction. Oh, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll somehow I'll act out. That's just my personality. Yeah, where yeah, I'll, yeah. Start, I'll start yeah. questioning I'll question <laughs> the boss at every turn. You know, when I was when I was at Red Bull, I would question our manager in the middle of meetings all the time to the point where <laughs> to the point where everybody that worked there was coming to me for stuff. Like they've come to me for issues. They would treat me like I was the manager. She hated that. She could not stand it. But they were like, well, I mean, you're more of a leader of the team than she is, you know, because she tried to come in like a manager, like a boss. Whereas I listened to everybody. I I worked with them. I'd be stuck in that little funny looking truck with them all the time, you know, so I'm building a rapport with them or whatever else. And I'm going just beyond the whole work shit with them, you know, so and they felt comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. to the point where they didn't feel comfortable with her, they come to me like, man, you think you could bring this up in the meeting? I'm like, no, nah, you bring it up. What's she gonna do to you? You know right. what? You're right, you're right. What is she gonna do? Fire me? She'll be doing me a favor. I'm thinking, like, well, don't, don't you just quit? <laughs> so, why do you have to get fired? It's not like you're working full time, you're gonna get unemployment. Like, you don't have to do this. But also at the same time, a lot of them were way younger that was working on the team. Right. Like, talking about folks who were probably about like five to 10 years younger than I was. And most of them really had no experience in life. You know, they went to college. That was it. Whereas I've done shit, you know, yeah, yeah. in places and worked with all these different people and these high, you know, these high value people and whatever else. And so there was a difference right there. Whereas you had a manager who tried to act like they had done all this stuff and come to find out, you know, she lied about so many things like her resume and who she worked with and all this other stuff. It was just so crazy. Whereas I didn't even bring the shit up. And they'd be like, hey, man, I heard you, I heard you used to work with so and so and you worked at this label and you worked with so and so. I'm like, okay, first of all, where'd you get that from? Who told you that? Because I'm another person. I don't, I'm quiet. I don't like talking about myself. I don't, I don't talk about my business like that with people, you know? So I'm like, the, the less people know, the better when it comes to your life. And yeah. so. So I'm like, okay. And now you think about it, like even back then with the internet being so young, you're like, okay, you did some, some serious research to have to find that out. Whereas he, today it would be easy for the most part. <laughs> I just can't, like, cause I can't go through the motions of just doing something just to be doing something. Cause like, and, or just, you know, what, just let me just get through it. 
Just let me get through these eight hours a day and no one better say anything to me. Just let me get through this day. I'm like, nah, that's, that was never me because I'm like, even if you didn't say anything to me, you looked at me crazy. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm out. I don't need, I don't need this job. I don't need to be. Yeah. And I'm not going to be good at anything that I, I don't have a genuine interest in. Nope. I'll, nope. I'll just be a C level student, right? I'm just going to do <laughs> enough to keep the job. And then that, that alone is that that's depressing for me to even say, it's depressing for me to even feel that way because I'm someone who's always trying to improve stuff, improve things about myself, improve facets about other things. And one of the you know, most depressing things about this, when you get your check on, you know, when you get your check from this said thing that you're going through the motions with, it validates the way you're feeling like, see, why are you still here? Look at this check. Is this worth it? You start questioning. So like, yeah. they're not even paying me enough to have to deal with this bullshit, you know? But I mean, I think everyone has to reach their fed up a point before they make serious changes. Oh yeah. You got to feel that pain, man. Yeah, so some people they never they never reach that fed up point, and as a result, they never really change. So they just end up coasting. They're they're just on the periphery of effectiveness, right? They're close to it. If they just got a little bit closer, it would give them enough of that negative stimuli that they make these changes, but they never quite get there. So they're always ending up on the periphery of almost being effective, but it, it it just never pans out because they didn't reach that that tipping point where that never again type feeling where you have to make or break, you have to make these changes. It's it's you're compelled now. Well, the good news is, is that steroids are readily available. (laughs) And there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You're one TRT. And and the moral of the story is, you know, (laughs) if you're listening to this episode, you should, here's the nuggets you want to take away. If you want to take TRT, you can get it. You can get it today if you want to. If you want to start taking psychedelics and have some introspection, it's there. Exactly. <laughs> it's waiting for you to, to make these proactive changes. Hey man, you want some Delta Eight, Delta Nine? You can get it. You can have it. You can have it in a couple of days. Hey, you don't even have to be in a state where it's legal, like in Nevada, where there's dispensaries everywhere. Now you can right. just order it from reputable places online. You get a better quality product delivered to your home at a cheaper price without having to go anywhere. Yeah. So that's how or, really or, or meeting up with that sketchy drug dealer, you know, in the back alley <laughs> for any of the things that we just mentioned that you have access to now. <laughs> so you don't have to have your Robert Downey Jr. Less than zero moment anymore. You can just <laughs> stay at home and order it. If anybody knows, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to, so, I mean, going into 2024 and beyond, it's going to just be more of this, right? Like I don't see this, the Pandora's box is open. Nothing is going back in the box. It's just going to be more stuff coming out. And <laughs> right. it's, going to be, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes because th- this is just the beginning of this everything is accessible lifestyle that we're in right now. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a lot of people losing their shit is, is my prediction on where yeah. things are going. It's, well, it's a, lot people already, a lot of people already lost their shit. <laughs> you know, they've, been, they've lost it, their shit for the last three years. It's going to be people on high dosages of TRT and psychedelics and and Adderall and Adderall that <laughs> you can get on that you can get online now. Like what the hell, man? Yeah, like this one doctor, he goes, "Yeah, if you wanted to try Adderall, I go, why would I want to try Adderall? I didn't bring up anything even in the ballpark of <laughs> like that would be beneficial to me. Like I didn't say anything about like, man, I've got no attention span and I have a hard time focusing. Yeah, it's oh, wild. It's wild. Yeah. After this." Just go on Spotify and search for Wild Wild West by Cool Modi. Play that. Go back online <laughs> and start searching. <laughs> you know, get yourself a little theme music right there, and you're good to go. <laughs> and we wish you the best. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, coming up in these next few episodes, we're going to talk about things that kind of things dealing with the economy. And there's a whole lot of freedom out there that the powers that be don't want you to have access to. Well, since we talk about there being so much access, problem is there's a certain area economically that is accessible to just the everyday person that the elites don't want you to touch because how dare you even remotely have a fraction of what they have you know that's a problem can't control people when they have freedom so especially financial freedom and going into 2024 you're gonna need a lot of it because shit's about to get it's about to get spicy in 2024 you know gonna be very spicy and also you know our yearly, our annual predictions for the upcoming year. You guys always want to tune into that. So it might give you a taste of it today. You got an appetizer just for certain things, you know, as far as predictions for 2024. That's what this episode was about. So there's a little bit of a lead in. So you definitely no, want you to come in. Funny, when we do those episodes, a lot of times I'm just, I'm just guessing. I'm just throwing. You're, you're just free balling it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but now I, but now I'm not, you know, now it's pretty obvious. <laughs> A lot of things are going, especially in my <laughs> space, the hormone optimization world. I'm like, okay, I see what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> I see what's going on here. Everything is about to become, or everything is already extremely accessible, and it's just going to keep going down that road. So let's see what else, let's see how this pans out. Yeah, it's basically really about to be a toy soldiers thing. It's like they're winding people up and just putting them down and just see where they're going to go. Yeah. It's like a great experiment. Like, all right. Let's just see what they do. Like we're gonna give them, we're gonna give them access to this stuff. Let's just see what they do once they get it. There has never been a more important time where it behooves you to be very well researched, disciplined, and, and disciplined. Yeah, <laughs> really need to be because none of this stuff is like. Look, me having access to any of this stuff that's not detrimental to me because I'm not someone who just takes stuff. I don't care if a doctor recommends it or doesn't recommend it. I, I right. do my own research, and I'm gonna do things my way, and I'm gonna do it in the safest way possible. That's what I'm gonna do. Not because anyone's do is giving me any kind of oversight. That's just the way I play the game. And also, we're in this age of influencers. You know, even people yeah. who are not even trying to be influencers, the people they'll they'll find their cult that they want to join, whoever's channel they're watching all the time. They listen to what they're saying and what quote unquote what they supposedly are doing for whatever works for them. And you're thinking that it's inaccessible, but now you know it's not. And then just because so and so is doing it, now you start to do it. But you don't. You're nothing like so and so. You know, you don't even know what that person is going through, or even if they're even telling the truth, you know, they may just be there to sell something. And now you're going to have access to this, whatever it is, and you're going to do it and it doesn't work out for you. Then who are you going to blame? You know, because they're going to get their little legal disclaimer before every show or whatever. They'll tell you it's not medical advice and this is for entertainment purposes only. Well, now you're the entertainment, right. <laughs> okay? you know, for what you've done to yourself. So yeah, man, it's, like you said, it's, it's almost wild, like wild a west. massive unofficial experiment is yeah. taking place. It, yeah, it's been going That's on for a minute. Massive access to all this stuff and see what happens type mentality. I mean, you had, I mean, you, they pretty much were doing the scientific method. You had in 2020, you had a control group because you had everybody stuck inside the house doing stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and pretty much. You can almost monitor what they're going to do at that point, you know, and now you got the uncontrolled group because everybody's out, out and about. And now you get to see what are the results of what they were doing when they were in that controlled environment for that year and a half to two years. Now let's just see what it does. And that's what they're doing now. Let's just see over the next few years, 
what's going to be the results of those those two two to two and a half years? I'm just, just I'm the, I'm just over here popping popcorn and getting ready to watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> just at the beginning of this Wild West this oh, situation. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how wild west it was until recently. I mean, not that I'm delusional or naive about this kind of things. I, I just had no idea the the depths of how accessible things are now. In a, and then you create, and, and you you create outside environments and factors that will pretty much be catalysts to push people toward these these things that should have been inaccessible. Well, it used to be inaccessible and make them accessible. So you start creating things like fear or need or you know or basically you're telling people how they feel and what they are even though they don't these things don't even know who you are it's just marketing telling you or they try the 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 commercials or whatever like do you feel tired well who the fuck doesn't (laughs) you know you have trouble sleeping so much they don't say how much they don't say consist how consistently you have trouble sleeping just say do you do that do you have an upset stomach do you do you, do you experience sore throat do you experience you know r- you know dry eye do you experience this do you, okay if you're human the answer would be yes <laughs> at some point in your life well then you should try this and you should try that and you should try this and then you know right. so they make it so general but it in your but they make it sound like it's so specific just for you it makes they, it sound they, so they, personal they, they, they create standards that don't exist, meaning trying to show people that are always energetic. It's like this person's always energetic. <laughs> it's like that person doesn't exist. No one is always energetic. I don't care what they're doing. And if they are, they have the illusion of being energetic. It's like, yeah, Why they're, are you propped sure? up, they're propped Why? up in these stimulants. Yeah, of course, they're, they have the illusion of feeling energetic. But it, most of us have just energy curves that go up and down. It's not just why are you violent. showing me why are you show me a, a group of these energetic people playing sports that are on antidepressants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Just like you show me all these women who are happy while they're on their period. I'm like, yeah, are yeah, you, yeah. what? That's weird. What? <laughs> and they're all dancing around in commercials. Like I'm like wearing? wearing white pants. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And my wife is sitting there like, get the fuck out of here. No woman's doing that. I think that's another really good point. We can we can get into that in a future episode of yeah. just just creating these standards that people are supposed to aspire to that are totally delusional and unrealistic. Now right. you're not going to feel this way. It's almost like look, if you don't feel this old this way all the time, there's something wrong with you. And right. now you think there is something wrong with you. Like I don't feel that way all the time. So I guess there's something wrong with me. It's like no, there's nothing wrong with you because no one feels that way all the time if they're perfectly honest with themselves. Yeah. The, the human experience is one of many different emotions. It's not just ups one. and downs, man. A lot yeah. of peaks and valleys. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So when you feel really good, enjoy it. You know, you're not always going to feel that way, but when you feel like crap, don't get too stressed out about that either, because you're not always going to feel that way too. It goes back around. You know, someone like me, who's really focused on, on being optimized one, because it makes me feel way better too, because it's, it's a hobby to me as well. In addition to my business, I just like playing around with things and seeing how far I can take stuff. So someone like me, when I feel off, it's more traumatic than for a regular person who feels off because they always feel, you know, (laughs) right. For me, I'm like, I I know what it's like to feel really dialed in. So let me tell you the opposite of that. I'm like, well, I'm freaking out now. Hey man, yeah, something's going on. Something's going wrong with me. I turn into one of the Hardy boys, you know, and I'm not talking about the wrestlers. I'm talking about, you know, the detectives. I started like, 
deductive reasoning time. I started trying to investigate, okay, what's going on? What did I have? When did I sleep? How long did I sleep? What did I eat? What is this? How many times have I had that? And, you know, how much water have I had? It's like, I'm going deep. I'm like, because I am not supposed to be feeling this way, even though I am supposed to be feeling that way at the same time, because it needs to give me some type of indication that something was off and I need to correct it. So I'm not supposed to feel that way, but I am supposed to feel that way. I know what you mean. I know what you mean when you say that, because a lot of times it's, you know, a lot of times you're going to feel a certain way just because of circumstances. You know, that's right. natural to feel a certain way. So you're not supposed to feel great when your father died or your mom died or you had to put a dog down. It's like, of course you don't feel right. great. It's like you, you, no one should even try to make you feel good in that. Just you, you're supposed to be sad and you got to go through that process. Exactly. But sometimes you're, you're off and for no reason. And it could be a, something as simple as a micronutrient deficiency. You're deficient in yep. folic acid or zinc or B vitamins. It could be something as simple as that. And or you, you may have had a little, you may have had a little too much starch and, you know, and, you know, you're inflamed and, you know, it's, it's triggered in that way. And, right. You, you know, eat out too many times in a week. Exactly. Too much. It was too much in one week and it just put you over the top. And now you have to just bring the balance back. So yep. that, that's why it's good to, just be in tune with yourself and figure that's how you figure out solutions. You go into that deductive reasoning state, as you mentioned. And we're in that season for that right now, you know, with just being the holidays and just, you know, it's really easy to fall into that trap, you know? So, right. Right. Or even when life starts picking back up where you kind of getting things back in tune and, you know, you, there's not a lot of people struggling right now. So, and then when it gets to that point where you seem like you got a little room to breathe, it's a natural reaction to want to kind of like, you know, go out and do something fun and stuff starts off as fun, but when you're not paying attention, sometimes the fun can be a little overwhelming. It may not be in that moment, but when you get back, you're like, okay, I'm really tired. I'm really worn out. You know, it's just like, Oh, I'm dragging along. Then the next day or two, you're kind of dragging and you don't really like, okay, I'm, I had eight hours sleep last night. What's going on? But again, it may have just been the fact that you've been to these, all these little social events, like parties or whatever with, colleagues and stuff like it's draining being around people and having to deal with multiple personalities is very draining it can yeah. be very draining because you're just constantly hitting the ebb and flow with your own personality right. all you turn things on there's some people that really are talkative and you have you know you may not be that talkative so you're there listening you, you know you may be good listening if you're someone that's an empath you're absorbing whatever energy these people are throwing at you you know then there's some people you're just like, oh, I don't want to hear what this motherfucker has to say. You know, so it's you you're using a lot of energy just avoiding people as well. I, I, I go to a gym where I mean people there are very nice, but there a lot of them are very talkative. And sometimes I go in and I go, look, I can't talk right now because I need to I need to do the hard stuff of my workout first before I can exactly. have energy to chit chat. Right. So I'm about to do something heavy with leg work and all that. I go, let me finish this first before we get into any kind of any kind of chit chat because exactly because just that alone you you end up chit chatting with someone for five ten minutes and then you try to go right back into what you were going to do you're you're going to yeah, be significantly yeah. weaker than you would exactly. be if you didn't. it sounds ridiculous but it's common it's it's absolutely true yeah because it's talking in general is an expenditure of energy even if it's a good conversation it's exactly i mean like sometimes like if it's a really good conversation it feels good in that moment but then it's, it's so much because you've exchanged these ideas your brain's really been working the glucose has been fired up and then when it's over you kind of like drive out like whoo man even though you're in your mind you're like okay man that was a great talk but i'm tired and you know yeah. like, <laughs> like a lot a lot of people train half ass so they don't notice it they're just fucking around so it's <laughs> right 
it's not going to be, and they're not even gauging what they're doing. But if you're, if you're someone who has goals and you have goals of each workout and there's certain things you're trying to achieve to stay on course, then you can't have any, any of those energy dissipations. It's going to take away from your performance. Exactly. Sometimes, and sometimes you just wait it out. By the time you're done, those people won't be around to talk anyway. <laughs> you know, the thing about me is after I do, because I always do the heaviest, the, the, the hardest leg move. I always, I always start my workout with that because that's the most effective yeah. move to do. And also it's the hardest. So I want to get that out of the way. So I'm not thinking about it Yeah, because to me, upper body stuff is, is fun in comparison. Like I don't have to be dialed in to do pull-ups or you know presses or anything like that. Not the way I have to be dialed in to do heavy deadlifts or leg presses or hip belt squats or other things I yeah. do. Anything I that I, it's like, okay, the party starts now. Now I don't mind if people want to chit chat a little bit. That's fine right. because it's not that difficult, but not until I get this done. I don't want to, I don't want anything to distract me from anything that would try to come in and negotiate with me. <laughs> Meaning, you know, it's like, okay, you don't have to add. I'm like, you, are you sure you want to go that heavy today? I mean, right. wasn't your back kind of tight or like a couple of days yeah. ago? I mean, do you really yeah. come on? The worst yeah. thing you can do is injure yourself. Like, and then you won't be able to train for weeks. So maybe just like, don't put that plate on today. Let's, let's just take it easy today. And then let's revisit this next week. And all those negotiations start going on, you know, right. whatever. So I like to get right on in where I don't, I'm not available to negotiate with myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm in the moment. I'm looking like, all right, I got a plan. I'm like throwing these plates on there today. Like, Oh, okay. This is how it feels today. Fuck it. Let me go ahead and throw a 35 on there now. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, so boom. And a lot of times, yeah, you may have, if you negotiated with yourself, you may have, it may have felt a lot heavier, but the fact you went in all dialed in, you know, something that probably should have been heavier felt extra light because you were so focused on attacking that, that uh, day. Mark Phillippe always used to say, treat your warm up sets as if they're your, your maximum set. Yep. What he meant is you go in with the same level of focus on your warm up sets. Yep. That has that has so many that has a multitude of benefits because as you're doing each warm up set, you set in, the tone. You set the tone well, for the building day. confidence, right? Yeah. Like one of my favorite moves is the reverse hack squat machine at the gym, and, and when I'm, I'm just that's was one of those moves I'm I'm really strong on. Like my deadlift strength carries over to that really well. But yeah. as I go through the warm up sets, sometimes I go in there, I was like, okay, maybe I won't go that heavy today. But if as I'm going through the warm up sets, it just builds confidence. Each one, you're like, oh man, that felt like nothing. That one felt like nothing. That felt like nothing. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. Yep. So that's how you dial stuff in. But also, no one's dissipating my focus because I'm not chit chatting with people in between those sets. Now, I got exactly. good music on and I'm dialed in, I'm focused. Because this is the kind of stuff where you have to be focused. If you're not focused, you get you can get injured. You, you can bug you yourself out. Yeah. Yep. And I like, that's one of the things I like about training is that it improves your focus. It forces you to focus on what you're doing. And that's yes. a skill you can carry over outside mm. of training. That's why I've yeah. always, I've always felt the benefits of training are not even of training itself. It's where you can carry it to other areas. Exactly. You, have, you can focus on what you're doing with your physicality. You can focus on other things too. And you're probably yeah. going to be way better at focusing because you know how to actually focus. You're putting yourself in scenarios where you have to focus. Otherwise, you're not going to, you can get injured or you're not going to have the performance you want. So th yeah. just the ability of learning how to focus is an extremely useful skill that you can carry over anywhere. Exactly. Yep. So right now, folks, you can go focus on that Wild Wild West we were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you can go focus and, uh, on, if you don't have focus, you can go get Adderall. It's really easy. Exactly. <laughs> you can get it now. It's all, you know, go to the right places. Do your own research. 
<laughs> this is this entire episode was for entertainment purposes only. This is not <laughs> medical, this is not medical or financial advice. In fact, nothing I mentioned is actually true. I'm just taking no. <laughs> generalities here. You know? Look, man, it, this you're listening to this on the internet, so you already know it's a lie. Okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care, everybody. All right, take care, everyone. That wraps up this week's Live Life Progressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressively show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving Patreon-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media on Facebook as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.